What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and Gia Casey's not here. She is absolutely, positively late. Now, I'm starting the podcast before her because I didn't want to hear the excuse of, oh, I wasn't late. Oh, it was the rain. Oh, it was the weather. No, she was supposed to be here at a particular time, a specific time, I should say, and she was late. Now, you remember a a couple of, uh, about what, two months ago? when we talked about New Year's resolutions, and she said one of her New Year's resolutions was she was going to try to be on time. Well, that went right out the window. As you can see, she is not here. So I'm going to have a conversation with you until she gets here so you guys can see how late she is. Now, she told me, hey, babe, it's not going to take me that long. I'm just going to throw on some sweats. I'm going to throw on my, my sneakers or my Uggs. I'm going to run out the door, not even do my hair. I'm going to put on a baseball hat, and I'm going to come to the studio, and we're going to knock out this podcast. Not only that, she says, we're going to discuss about a couple of other podcasts that we have with some great guests that's coming through. That didn't even happen. Because she is late. There is no way I was supposed to beat her here. But until she gets here, let me uh, do some things that we have to do. First and foremost, shout to everybody that uh, supported us at Caroline's, all right? Now, um, we are doing a live show February 13th, and uh, it's sold out pretty fast. So we decided to add an additional show. So if you didn't get tickets, make sure you get your tickets. It's going to be a perfect date night. I mean, the 8 o'clock show is sold out. The next show is the 1030. And the way we're doing it is we're doing the podcast like we're doing it now. And we're doing some Q&A. So we're going to be talking to people in the audience if people have questions or comments. So we're going to be talking to you guys. And then we're going to have some comedy. So it's called the Love and Laugh Edition. So the love, was, which is, you know, everybody with y'all and us and talking about relationships. And then the comedy edition where it's pretty much we have a couple of comedians that's going to be doing a comedy. Oh, here she is right now. Let me see. This is perfect. Hello? Essentially. Are you there? Uh, Yes, I'm here waiting for you. Okay. Well, I think we passed it. I think that we're on that one-way street of Broadway, but I think it's behind us, so... We have to go in like a rectangle, like a left and another left and another left and another left. You don't remember it's right across the street from Rite Aid? Um, that's not the point. The point is that we're not there. Doesn't matter what it's across the street from, babes. Okay, well, I started the podcast without you. How'd you do that? I started. I started with the introduction. I told everybody that you're late. Don't, you told people I'm late? I'm, I, have your speak, I have your speaker for right now. I do. I told everybody that you're late and that you made a New Year's resolution that you wasn't going to be late and that you're late. So right now, I'm telling them about the Caroline show that we have coming up. It's not me. Hold on. It's 42. Uh, 42 Broadway, right there? Yes. It's not me. It's the rain. I was in Uber on time. So at the, the time that you set for me, okay? Nope. I was in perfectly on time. So don't you start. We're waiting on you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to uh, finish the podcast without you. Yeah, okay. As you can see, she's late and she puts the blame on me, as usual. But it's her fault. Oh, you're still there. Whoops, let me hang up on you. (laughs) 
So like I said, yeah, we added another show. So make sure you get your tickets. Come support. It's going to be a perfect date night. And when I say perfect, I mean we're going to have a good time. All right, go to carolines.com to get your tickets. It's going to be an amazing show. The 8 o'clock is sold out, and we're so grateful and so appreciative. And then there is the 1030 show, all right, which is going to be just as dope and just as amazing, all right? And also... If you have questions or you want to holler at us because we love the support, whether it's on email, whether it's uh, on Instagram or Spotify or SoundCloud or however you like to holler at us, you can hit us on email. It's thekccrew at gmail.com. Once again, it's T-H-E-E-K-C-Crew at gmail.com, all right? And you can hit us up with your questions, uh, whatever it may be, we'll absolutely positively hit you. And what we're going to try to do is some of these huge events, whether it's All-Star, whether it's Essence Music Festival, whether it's a uh, Super Bowl or wherever it may be, we're going to try to come to the cities where everybody's going and do the podcast live in every city. So that's what we're going to try to do. So if you couldn't make it to Caroline's, hopefully we'll get to a city closest you, closest to you, and uh, we'll do the podcast live from there, and then you can see our crazy ass and everything. Um, now the Philly Union from last week. When we left, if you heard the podcast last week, uh, Guy and I was arguing. It wasn't no, it wasn't no joke arguing. We were arguing for real. And it didn't work out too well for me. Uh, Took me about a couple days to get out the doghouse. But I'm out now. And I'm back to acting a monkey. So we'll just start the podcast without her. Now, what should we discuss today? I I had a whole lot of things to discuss. You the mic without me? Oh. (laughs) I thought you were kidding. It's about time. (laughs) No, you're just staging this. You really didn't, right? No, it's about time. Wait, let me see if the meter's right. Yes! I started. Sit your butt down. And let's start. I can't start. I don't have tea. I don't have anything yet. Can somebody get her tea? Can you can put the <laughs> headphones on? Wait, I'm not even, I, I haven't even gotten acclimated, Rashawn. I got to take off my coat and everything. You're not really recording. Let's You're go. Really record- this yes. isn't a joke? No, it's not a joke. You know, you are a dirty, Didn't I tell dirty you for your, news resolu- your New Year's well, resolutions? Yes, your mic is on. Didn't I tell you for your news resolutions? Hold on, don't ask me questions. I told you your New Year's resolutions. You said you were going to try to be on time. And what did I say? Wait, hold on. I said, if you're not on time, wait, I'm going to leave wait, or wait, start. Wait, So I started. Hold on. Okay. Whew, I still have gum in my mouth. Give me a tissue. Yeah. <laughs> you are a dirty, dirty, low-down person for what you just did. What? <laughs> you I to- are didn't dirty I tell you I was going to either down. start leaving you or starting without you. <laughs> Well, this is making me laugh. If you leave me, that's a completely different reaction that you're going to get. Well, welcome. Well, first of all, don't oh, wel- don't don't tell me welcome. First of all, this had nothing to do with me. I want you to look me in my face mm-hmm. and tell me that this had anything to do with me. You ordered the Uber on your phone right. and sent it to the house. And I had to be in at a particular time. I was waiting at the door for her to arrive at our gate. So right or wrong. Right, but when you uh, no 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 right but when you texted me hours. when you texted me, the Uber's there, what did I text you back? I'm already in the car, baby. Okay. Right or wrong. Yes. What do I have on? A baseball cap. Mm-hmm. What do I have on? A sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. What do I have on? Leggings. I bounced out of that house so quickly because we had a hectic morning at the house today. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go through my normal. Thank you. Can you do me a favor? She wants her tea. She wants her <laughs> chamomile tea. Thank you. Thank you, hon. Um, I didn't go through my normal routine. I didn't do anything. I got up, hopped out of the house, hopped into the car, and I 
started on my way here. I did everything. I lived up to every little bit of that resolution because I'm like, sure that's what you were talking about before I got here. I didn't say anything. Uh, you're you're no, a I just, dirty I was liar. Just, I was just saying what, the show. I'll just start the show until you get here. Yeah, okay. I I'm like, sure you threw me under six buses. I did not before I got here. I Look, did I'm not. all bruised. I'm all bruised. Uh, and you know it wasn't me. So you're just doing that for dramatic effect. Okay. And I'm calling you on. I need an apology. <laughs> what you I need apology an apology. For? <laughs> you want an apology for you something know, you didn't hear? Listen, I spent. Forty minutes going around one block. All right, well, let's two talk times about that. Let's because Waze sent her around this block twice. Let's talk about in that. the rain. And I it's called so you. nasty. I called you and I said, "Babe, if you stay in the car, it's going to take an hour. You're two blocks away. Walk." And what did you tell me? First of all, you were wrong, and I was three blocks away. All right, three blocks. I said, I was "Walk." Three blocks. What away. did you say? I said that I have on suede high heel shoes. <laughs> <laughs> walking three blocks in the rain but I thought you was weird but, but by that point we figured it out she knew where she was and we went around the block the right way and then she got me here in a quicker time than it would have taken if I walked so that was a good decision so shout out to Toby I know that you were stressed out trying to get me here Thank you. Oh my gosh, Rashawn. She damn near hit a few people. She damn near got into a couple of was accidents. It, was she new? Is she new? I think she said she's only been on the job for seven days. Oh, okay, so she's new. And so probably new in the city too. She tapped the back of someone's car to avoid another car that was trying to get in to prevent him from getting Goodness in. Gracious, she made it so tight that she ta- she's like, oh my gosh, I think I tapped his car. So then the guy got out, but he was kind of cool. There was no damage. and But she, she was so stressed out and so impatient. I'm like, no, you need to calm down. I said nothing like nobody's going to die. We're just going to be a little bit late. It's okay. And she told me I have a good, um, she was kind of spiritual. I I think it was the equivalent of chi. Yeah. I think it was the equivalent of chi. She was like, you're very calm. She said you got cheese. No, chi. C-H-I. Oh. Yeah. She said I had good chi. She's like, you're so patient. Thank you for being so patient. And, you know, you're not stressing me out. And, you know, you're just taking this really easy. I know that this has been hectic and I'm not getting you there on time. I'm so sorry. Let me see if we got a discount for for taking this was, I was like, you know what? If you can't control it, you just have to let it go. I said it doesn't make any sense to be stressed when you can't control a situation. Let me see if they gave us a discount. Oh, yeah, no, that, of course, was, of course you're going to look at the money aspect. Was, was, you're going to be on your phone looking. Did. Thanks to Did she really? Did. Yeah, yeah, she gave What do you mean this. she gave us a discount? Because usually it's about a hundred bucks to get to the city. It was like 60 something this time. Oh really? So shout to she you She can Toby. choose to give, to give a discount? I guess they can. They can stop the clock when they want, but. Oh, maybe she did. She was very nice. And oh my gosh, she was so impatient. I saw her getting frazzled because mm-hmm. I told her I had to be there at a certain time. And um, she was like, you're so patient. Aww. And I'm like, yes, I am a very patient person and I'm not going to wig out or get stressed out. I'm like, we will get there when we get there. I was like, you just calm down. Don't hit anybody. Don't don't be worried. It's, oh, we'll get there when we get there. She was very nice. Now, you know what I wanted to talk about today? What's that, baby? I wanted to talk about uh, having babies, making babies. Having babies, making babies. Right, because I was doing some reading and doing some research. I think people know how to make babies. I know that. And they were saying that 25, between 20 and 25% of the women that are pregnant actually have miscarriages and you and lose their baby. Right. I think that's accurate. And the reason I, I say that is, you know, <clears throat> of course, having a child and a baby is a blessing. And I think a lot of people take that blessing for granted. And the reason I say that is you easy know, to do when we had our children, you know, we just knock them out. We didn't know anything about making no babies. <laughs> right. And, and not when I say making babies, not making babies. Of course, I know how to make a baby. I got five of them. But I mean, like we didn't know anything that I didn't know that a woman can only have what, two or three days 
where they can where they can actually get mm-hmm. pregnant. It's about three days during the month that a woman can become impregnated. I didn't know that. Yes. I just was like, yeah. that's during the time of ovulation. You shoot up the club, you bust, and boop, pregnant. No, that's what we thought earlier on. Right, right, right. When we first got married and we were trying to have Madison and Logan, we thought, all right, well, we want to have a baby. We just have a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. So we were having sex like every day, two and three times a day, mm-hmm. and. Voila. But with Logan, I don't know if you remember, it took us a couple of months. Right. And I thought the first time that we had sex that I'm like, oh, I must be pregnant because you do take it for granted. Right. And Madison was so easy. So I remember going to see my gynecologist and she told me that, no, you there's actually a specific time period. It's when your egg drops and it's present to be fertilized and she explained it all to me and I was like oh but we were young you know I was 22 when we had Madison and then 24 when we had Logan so you know I had to be educated but we were ready to have babies and we 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 just went for it right so but a lot of women have (laughs) are going through having a baby and trying to have a baby and it's very difficult Mm -hmm. and you know of course we have friends that that lost children and lost babies not children but lost babies Mm -hmm. And it didn't affect us until it was time to have our fifth child. Right. And um, like I said, you know, for the four <clears throat> four children, it was pretty easy. You know, we knock it right out the park. Baby's pregnant, healthy pregnancy, not a problem. And then when we tried to have our fifth baby, mm-hmm. we you became pregnant. Right. We were excited. Yes. And um, usually we would make we would wait to after the first trimester, after the first uh, three months. Right. And uh, we would tell everybody, like we always do, and we would pick names and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. But I think this time, after maybe the, what was it, ninth week? It was actually exactly the ninth week. So about the, the sixth or seventh week when we found out you were pregnant, we were excited. We mm-hmm. had names. We were thinking of color schemes. No, we found out early on. Like right. very early on, and we were we were ready, we were excited. This was yes, this was our we, last yes. baby. We were excited, you know. Yes. We told family, we you know, we always say, "Don't <laughs> tell nobody, don't tell nobody." We're gonna wait, and right. then we just really just start telling. Most people. people do wait until three months because at three months the baby is relatively formed, right. and that's usually the safe place right. because most women, if they are going to miscarry. It's within the first three months or if there's something wrong, the doctor can detect certain things with certain tests and whatnot within the three months. So usually if you make it past three months, it's safe to say that, you know, you can feel comfortable. Of course, things can go wrong and women obviously miscarry after three months as well. But it's because of, you know, other complications or other issues. So. Right, so we were going to your doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Well, we were actually going to have an ultrasound. An ultrasound, you know, I, I call it a doctor's appointment. We well, before before you talk about that, um, since we're on the topic, a lot of people ask, like, okay, well, did you always know that you wanted five kids? Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you decide that you wanted to increase your family? And it was weird because I, in my mind, I always wanted two or three children. Correct. You know, when we I were... Was, I just wanted two. You just wanted two. You wanted a boy and a girl. So when we had Madison, the agreement was um, for the next pregnancy, if it's another girl, then we'll go one more time right. to have a boy. Right, right, but right. if it's a boy, then... We'll stop there. We're done. So after we had Logan, we're like, okay, we're good. We don't need another child. And it felt that way for 
a long time. And I have to think, you know, we were young, Mm -hmm. we were traveling, we were having fun, we were going on vacations. Once they hit like two and three years old and they were semi self-sufficient, you can get in the car yourself, you can put on your own seatbelt, you strap yourself up, you can go and grab a juice out of the refrigerator. We were like, oh, we're on easy street. Life is good. So we didn't really think about having another child until... And it's funny, I remember when you brought it up, we were actually at your uncle's funeral Mm -hmm. and we were taking a car back to Jersey. Uncle Eddie. Yes. Rest in peace, Uncle Eddie. And we were in the backseat of the car and you just looked at me and you said, I think we should have another baby. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? Because we had talked about it here and there, but I could never decide. Right. I could never decide jump. I didn't want to go back to pampers and bottles and a hundred percent of my attention because I didn't really know what I wanted to do and how my life was going to proceed. And I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to be bogged down. And it's funny. um, I was talking to a friend of mine, actually more of an acquaintance slash friend. We're not even very close, but we were talking about it. And she asked me, Kia, do you think that you're going to have any more children. I said, you know what? I'm a little bit on the fence right now. And I said, I've been getting a lot of advice or, you know, people kind of weighing in on what they think, but mm-hmm. nothing that's really hit home and made me want to want to decide one way or the other. And she said, well, I'll tell you this. And she has three children. She said, you know what? I kind of went through something similar. And the way I looked at it is, As you get older and you're past the age of your childbearing years, so that's typically considered about 40. You know, after 40, um, it's not as safe to have children um, or to, you know, to give birth after 40. Um, So she said, you know, once you're past 40-ish, if you decide not to have a child, you can look back on it and regret it. But if you decide to have that child before you're too old to continue to have children, you will never regret it. Mm. You will never have a baby and look at that baby and feel as though you regret having her or him. But if you passed your opportunity, then you can regret making that decision. And at that point, I made my decision just for me. Mm -hmm. And when you looked at me and said, you know what? I think we should have another baby. I was still like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe we need to think about it. Maybe we should talk about talk about it a little bit more. And you were like, see, that's your problem. You never just want to jump and do something. You always want to think about everything, overthink everything. Right. You never just jump out the window. Let's just jump out the window and just do it and deal with it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, we jumped. I was like, okay. I don't know if that was a smart decision. We just jumped. I mean, it was well, a smart decision. Well, we jumped with kind of everything. everything. Yeah, no. yeah, we kind of just jump and figure it out later. So I mean that was wonderful and that was London. Yes. That was London. That's my little angel. And um and it's strange, you know, that that pregnancy felt very special mm-hmm. to me. Like as soon as we got pregnant, I felt like it was right. So what we did was we went and we got an ovulation kit cuz mm-hmm. we wanted to get pregnant as soon as possible. And for most women, I find that they know when they're ovulating. Right. Their body gives them signs. And there are a lot of different signs. I think that your temperature increases Mm -hmm. for those three days. Some women get um, a specific kind of discharge. There are different 
cues that your body gives you to let you know. Like I'll be with a friend, she'll be like, I'm ovulating, I know. And I'm like, wow, my body just doesn't communicate with me. Like right. my body doesn't tell me anything. I never know. Like even when it's that time of the month for me, it's so simple and easy and it only lasts like two, two and a half days. I can easily even forget that I'm you know, that I'm even on my uh, menstrual cycle. So it's strange, like my body doesn't communicate with me. So I said, well, if we really want to pinpoint it, then we should get this thing called an ovulation kit. Mm -hmm. And you use it in the same way, like a pregnancy test. You urinate on a stick and it tells you if you're ovulating or not. Right. So with London, we were at the iHeart Music Festival in Vegas. Right. And you went and you got the kit. Mm -hmm. We brought it with us and... It told me that I was ovulating. We're like, all right, good, because we're about to drink tonight. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> and I got pregnant with London that exact time. That's right. And then the following year with Jackson, I was ovulating at the same exact time. We at were the on the same music. trip yep. in Vegas. And we conceived him at the iHeart Music Festival as well. So both of them were conceived, you know, in the same way. Same place, same everything. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. So they're a year and two days apart, right. June 3rd and June 5th. Um, so then it was strange with um, with the fifth pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, we were in bed and we were done because we knew that when we decided to have London, we said, all right, if we're going to have a third then we have to have a fourth right. because the third would need a companion. So right. everything that we bought was for twins. So we bought mm-hmm. our stroller and it was a double stroller. double stroller. Everything, all of the rooms, the setups and how we were doing the nursery. Nursery. We were already planning for another nursery for the baby that was to come a year later. Everything was planned out and I thought that we were done. And then we woke up one day and we're laying in bed and we're talking and you said to me, I think we should just have one more. Right. I was like, one more? And you were like, no, we should, we should just go for one more. And it's crazy. And, and I said, why? I'm like, why? Like, we're done. Like, we have two and two. Two boys, two girls. It's perfect. Let me tell you, well, there's nothing better than coming home and having them kids, like, really, really run up to you and say... Daddy, I love you and I miss you. Yeah. There's nothing better in this world. There's nothing the better. The smile on your face every Absolutely. day when that happens tells it all. Or, you know, when I go to this school to pick them up and they come running out of the classroom <laughs> mm-hmm. and they jump to give me a hug. Yes. Or they go upsies, upsies, upsies because they want to get picked up. You yes. Know? Or even my daughter, you know. And every day that it happens for you, it's like the first time. Absolutely. It's like the first time. Like the look on your face is like it's the first time it's ever happened. And it makes me, if I'm I kind of revel in that when it happens. And you know what? I always let you go in to do that at their school. Or I'll always let you come down the stairs first at home. Because I I just, I love to see that. I mean, there's nothing better. Just to, you know, the the other day you came in the house, you went in the front door Mm -hmm. and, um, our son was there. Jackson was there and he was mommy. He gave you a hug and I came in the garage mm-hmm. and he, and you said, he said, where's daddy? Right. And you said, he's outside. He ran to the front door, opened the front door <laughs> and screamed, daddy, where are you? Uh-huh. And it just made me just glow. And it's every time I, I think about it, I'm tired and I bust my ass and I work hard and I go home and I see them faces. Mm-hmm. It just, it just makes me smile so much. Like it's nothing, nothing better at all. It is, it is, it's a pure happiness. Yes. And the kids are just a pure, 
they, you know, they don't care about nothing in this world. They don't care about no damn toys. They just have love. Yeah. And that love. When we is, come home and they just want to crawl in the bed and tell us about the songs that they sang and the dances that they did at school mm-hmm. and the projects that they worked on and they want to sing their ABCs and Lundy wants to sing the mean ABCs and, <laughs> you know, all these. Yeah. And I just, I, I just, I take that all in. For me, that's life. Right. That's it, life. It's nothing better than that. Mm-hmm. Which gets us to what happened. Right. So now, right before Brooklyn, which is our fifth child. We you you were pregnant, and um, we were excited. You know, yes. we went and told our friends. And got told our ovulation kit. We got pregnant again, and um, and we did tell people that were close to us. We went to the doctor. The doctor did a test, and mm-hmm. you were pregnant. And you know, we were excited. And then it, it, you know, if you had a baby before, you have to go through doctor's appointments after doctor's appointments, sonogram appointments after sonogram ultrasounds. appointments, mm-hmm. ultrasounds after ultrasounds. And um, we went to an ultrasound appointment. Right. And the lady that was doing ultrasound kept moving. And, you know, I'm looking at the screen. Right. And she's like, um, she's like, are you sure you're pregnant? And it's it's strange because she's done. She was the one that did our ultrasounds for London and Jackson. Mm-hmm. So very sweet woman. And, mm-hmm. you know, the whole time that I've ever been in her presence, she's smiling and she's administering the exam. And, you know, we're smiling and everything is copacetic. And I'm looking at her and it was a very different look on her face. Right. She's not talking as freely as she had done in the past and she's not smiling. She doesn't seem happy. She looks concerned. And she said, are you sure that you're pregnant? I said, oh yeah, I'm very pregnant, nine weeks. And I said, what's wrong? You don't look like yourself. And she said, hold on. And she went and got her supervisor. Right. Um, Because she needed permission to tell us that she actually couldn't see the heartbeat. Worse than that, she couldn't see the baby. She couldn't see... At that stage, um, the form of the baby kind of resembles like a bean. It doesn't really have little arms and legs or anything yet, but it's kind of like a bean with like eye sockets Mm -hmm. with a heartbeat. Correct. um, For those of you that that don't know. And she didn't see that little bean. Mm Mm-hmm. And I said, so it's not just that you don't hear a heartbeat. You don't even see the baby. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, it's not here. And I said, well, what, what could that mean? And she said, sometimes if it's not a good pregnancy, it'll pretty much go away. Right. It'll, in a sense, abort itself like or dissolve, maybe, yeah. yeah, like kind of dissolve. And she said it might have dissolved back into the lining but it's not there. I said, but what is there? She said, your amniotic sac is still there. Everything is still there, but the baby's not there. Mm-hmm. I said, is it hiding? Is it going to come back? Like, what? so what? what's next? Right. And she said, no, the pregnancy is over. Right. And I said, well, then where do I go from here? What is the next process? Does What, what happens to the amniotic sac? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, if you wait... Um, you'll miscarry the amniotic sac, but you have to see your doctor and what she'll probably do is give you a medication that will induce a miscarriage. Oh my gosh. Yes. That was the worst ever. Why was it so bad to you? I mean, because it was very painful. 
It wasn't painful. I thought that when you took those pills, it used to give you the cramps and it was... No, that's how she described it. Okay. So you've like kind of made the description your actual memory. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't painful at all. We thought it was going to be like World War Three. You don't understand, guys. I, I, bought, <laughs> like, yeah. I took the sheets off the bed. Yes. I put garbage bags under the bed. You, you put remember? garbage bags and under I, the sheets. Under the sheets. And then put, put the, the sheets, sheets back, back on. on. And then I bought adult Pampers. You, you bought me adult Pampers. That we still have in the house now. That we still have on the top a, shelf a in the bathroom. Because I thought she was going to bleed me a river. I, yes. I, I thought I thought that's what was going to happen as well. Right. And then you bought, um, I don't know what the version for humans are but if you've ever had a puppy like those training pads like the wee wee pads but there's something like that for adults Mm -hmm. that I don't know maybe if they wet the bed I think they have them in hospitals as well our neighbors probably thought I was killing you (laughs) because you think about it garbage bags (laughs) everything but a shovel everything but a shovel they were like he he killed her yeah yeah so I took the medicine and she told me that I'm probably going to start to cramp within maybe four to six hours. I think that it was. So we set the bed up and I'm just sitting there waiting for it to start. Mm -hmm. So the medicine, um, the type of medicine that it is, is it's like a pill and you put it in between your teeth and your cheek and the medicine Dissolves. dissolves into your bloodstream through your cheek. Right. And once it's dissolved, then it brings on the contractions of your uterus and ultimately it's trying to force out the amniotic sac and what it perceives to be a pregnancy. Correct. So we thought it was going to be horrible and painful and everything, but it wasn't. It was just like that time of the month. Right. And it started and then it was over. So that was the extent of it. And that's what went down. Um, but, you know, for a lot of women, it it happens um, in a much, a much more graphic way, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're further along in the pregnancy. There's different methods that a doctor will will take in order to eliminate the pregnancy. Right. And um well, not necessarily pregnancy, the fact that it's miscarried and right. some people will miscarry naturally and, mm-hmm. you know, it'll happen in their home or whatever. But whatever the means that you have to go through in order for it to take place, it's a horrific experience, more so emotionally than physically. Yeah, no, it was very difficult because, like you said, you know, we were really expecting, really excited and and for, for not to have that child, it, it was crushing, you know? And the reason I wanted you to tell your story and I wanted to tell our story, because I know a lot of women deal with it. Right. And I know a lot of women feel ashamed, um, not only because they lost their child, but also because they're so excited and they tell everybody. Mm-hmm. And then a couple months later, everybody's like, well, how's the baby or how's the pregnancy going in? And you have to sit there and be like, well, I lost the baby. Right. And it's, and it's very hard. And for me, it was, it was very difficult because, you know, I'm not, used to I don't want to say disappointment because I feel like everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. but I wasn't used to I mean we had four babies like bung 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 like it was no problem you know it was was almost like it was easy you know have a baby pop them out have a baby pop them out and that one wasn't the same so you really realize how much of a a blessing and how lucky you are to have a child absolutely and it, it I don't want to say it made me but it did. It made me appreciate yes. our children 
so much more. Yes. Well, for us, because it was so easy, we took for granted the process Absolutely. of getting pregnant. Right. And you know me. I really believe that that needed to happen to us mm -hmm. because it makes you realize what other people go through. Absolutely. It gives you empathy and compassion and not simply because you understand someone else's situation, but because you went through it yourself. Right. Every time that something negative happens to us, I look at it as a blessing mm -hmm. in a way. And I know that might be hard for some people to understand, but it really is one thing being able to understand someone's situation because it may be obvious to you. Like um, if someone loses someone in their lives and you say, wow, obviously that's a hard thing to go through and I can imagine what they're going through or they must be so sad or so hurt. But then when you lose somebody, then you know but from a different platform. Right. You don't just understand because it's clear to you. You understand because you have actually felt what that person feels. Right. So whenever something happens, I feel as though I gain a dose of wisdom and it helps me go through life being able to be more at one with a larger group of people. Do you know what I mean? It kind yeah. of allows me to be bigger than myself because I know from that emotional place. So, you know, I've always heard about um, obviously women having miscarriages or women, women having problems conceiving, but I could never really relate. Right. I could never really relate because I've never had that disappointment. I never, I never had to go through that. Right. And once you're able to, then you can really say, wow, now I know what that feels like. So now I have another feeling. So, of course, I regret it and it hurts that it happened. And I always think about that baby. And then I think, well, if I didn't have that baby, then we wouldn't have Brooklyn. I mean, if I had that baby, then we wouldn't have Brooklyn. So, you know, you look at it from a lot of different perspectives. But in a sense, I'm grateful that it happened. It happened to me because now I'm able to appreciate my children and what it takes to bring them into this world in a completely different way. Absolutely. Yes. I think, you know, and the reason, like I said, I wanted to do that topic, this topic is because I know a lot of women deal with it. And, you know, sometimes people don't know how to react or what to feel because they feel like they're by themselves. And mm -hmm. it's it happens a lot. And I just think it was great that we were able to share that with a lot of people. Well, what winds up happening is, and I understand this as well, a lot of women feel inadequate or they feel like a failure mm -hmm. because they weren't able to see the pregnancy all the way through. Right. And I think that some people wind up thinking that it was because of them or because of their bodies. Right. And, you know, sometimes... It can be a couple that's trying to have a baby and then they lose baby after baby after baby because, you know, maybe something isn't operating properly or there might be a problem with the chromosomes or the genes or something like that. And sometimes when two particular people get together, um, there can be genetic issues where it's like it's not compatible and that can cause a miscarriage mm -hmm. as well. Um, so... I think that sometimes women will put that on their backs right. and they'll feel as though they're at fault because they cannot give their husband or their boyfriend or whoever it is that they're trying to have a child with what it is that he wants. Right. And then 
you're also a little apprehensive about getting pregnant again. It's very difficult to want to, well, not to want to, but it's actually difficult to go into another pregnancy because you can go a month, two months, three months, five months, and then wind up miscarrying again. So you spend that whole time anticipating another miscarriage. So it's a very trying time. It's a very emotional time. It's a very difficult time where, you know, a person has to be very centered and deliberate about what they're doing and what they're trying to accomplish. So how I feel about that is you just look forward to when you finally do have that baby. Absolutely. And all the joy that that child will bring you, it's worth 10 failed attempts, 20 Absolutely. failed attempts. It's it, it's worth it. Absolutely. It's worth it. If you are born to be a mother, then you go ahead and you be a mother at every expense. Absolutely. And sometimes it just happens to come with disappointment. Absolutely. Well, I think that's a, a great story that you shared. You said something that I, I wanted to, to say besides that, that, that really struck with me and really, you know, makes me think, you know, to, and to all the women out there that's dealing with it, you know, we we understand your pain. And, and to all the families out there, we understand your pain. But one thing you said, which um, after we had that miscarriage, that made me realize in this conversation from you is that God does things for reasons. Always. And with my life and how I am, it's calmed me down with a lot of the rage, the beige mm-hmm. rage that I had. Two incidents quickly is... Um, one was the other day I was coming from Philly. Right. I had a party out in Philly. And uh, Philly's a two-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Um, we were an hour in and we hit a Well, pot- we're in Jersey. So from where we are in Jersey, it's a two-hour drive. I hit a pothole and got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. And the car that I was driving doesn't have a spare. So now it's four o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning. Right. Nothing's open. So I had to take an Uber home. You know, and so it was four of us in the vehicle. So now we're in a, a small Honda Civic and it's... Five of us in a Honda Civic. Including the driver. Including right. the driver. Rough ride. I mean, we're tight. But hey, we get home. But usually I would have been pissed off. I would have mm-hmm. been called. But I said, you know, it happens. Then when we get home. He wake me up. I, I realize <laughs> that I left my jewelry right. in the car. Mm-hmm. So I wake you up and I was like, hey, babe, I need you to drive me to get the jewelry. Right. And you were like, okay. And then we're about to get in the car. One of my friends was around, so he decided to, to drive with me instead. Mm-hmm. So we drove all the way back out there to get the car, to get the jewelry, got the jewelry, and had to drive all the way back. Right. Usually I would have been mad. I would have been mad at the world, but I wasn't. You know, because the first thing Shouldn't you said be. when I got that flat tire, you was like, well, everything happens for a reason. Yep. If you didn't get that flat tire, maybe you'd have been driving, a deer would have jumped out, you would have hit the deer, you would have flipped over, and you would have died. So you it never happens know. for a reason. You never know. That's one story. And another story was uh, this morning on my way to work. What I, happened this morning on the way to work? Remember when I was talking to you on the phone? And the guy cut me off. Oh, right. Crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Now, usually I'd have threw pennies at the guy out the window. <laughs> I'd have threw soda. I mean, he hit me, he cut me calm, off babe. so crazy uh-huh. that I was like, he wants to fight me. Right. But I didn't. I calmed down. I was like, you know what? And then he put his hand up. And then he, and then he put his hand up and said, my bad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it's all good. But, you know, usually I would have beige rage mm-hmm. and want to beef. But, you know, I realize in life that sometimes things happen for reasons and you just go with the flow. You got to have a positive vibe well, and a positive energy to make sure that, you know, because shit happens, mm-hmm. you know? Well, you know, there's not too many things in this world that has the power of stressing me out. Mm-hmm. I'm just very low stress in life. Mm-hmm. 
as a whole. And I was telling the Uber driver earlier today, you know, I truly and honestly believe that it's like life is kind of like a set of dominoes, you know, Mm -hmm. and once one falls, it sets into motion a chain effect of different actions and reactions and how you respond to each one of those actions or reactions, even boiling down to making a left turn as opposed to a right turn or Mm -hmm. waiting five minutes to leave the house or leaving the house 10 minutes earlier or whatever, it sets into a completely different chain of events, not just for you, but for everybody in your environment. Mm -hmm. You know, you leave 10 minutes later and you're going to be in front of this particular car. And if, you know, you make that car wait because you decided to slow up at the light instead of going through it, then that person is five minutes behind or, you know, one minute behind on their schedule and that'll affect their day and their domino effect and their sequence of events. So I think that it's all like a grand art. Mm -hmm. Like life is kind of like a grand art and how all of these events relate to one another. And I personally think it's all part of God's plan. There's a lot of things that I can look back on in our lives and say, wow, if this didn't happen on this particular day, then I wouldn't have made that decision and I wouldn't have been in that place. And then I never would have said that or never would have met that person or all of these things. Like even when I look back at, you know, how you and I met, I was going to high school in Brooklyn right? and I just didn't like my high school. I went to an all girls Catholic school Mm -hmm. and I didn't like my school, but I was traveling to Brooklyn every day to and from, but I did it my freshman year. I did it my sophomore year. And there was a very good chance that I wouldn't have transferred to your school where I met you in Queens and met you. You know, I, I was really on the fence. Am I going to transfer? Do I just finish out my remaining two years here at my high school? And I was like, you know what? I don't like it. I'm going to transfer. And then I transferred to your school (laughs) and I met you. And I don't know if that was a blessing for you, (laughs) but it was a blessing. It was a blessing for me. (laughs) But that meeting you Mm -hmm. sent my life off into a completely different direction. It affected where I went to college and the fact that we got married early and our children and everything. If I didn't meet you, God only knows what life I'd be living. I could be in a different country right now or have a, you know, a different career or, you know, have five children or have none, or I could have gotten into an accident. I might not even be alive right now. I'm just saying all of that to say that I never regret anything. And I never, if I'm ever late, as you know, I don't stress out. Right. I I figure if I'm late, it's for a reason. If I missed my exit on the highway because I was on Bluetooth talking to you or a friend, Mm -hmm. I missed my exit for a reason. Right. I I wasn't supposed to be on that road at that particular time. Right. But you know what? You preach that a lot. And that has me listening and vibing to that. And it gives me positive vibes. So, you know, that is a good way to think for anybody out there. Just remember, things happen for a reason. God has a plan for you. If there's any false or anything that happens that's bad or wrong, never look at the negative side. Look at the positive and say, hey, this could have been worse and maybe there's a, you know, something better that's going to happen to me. Right, right. Well, And and before you go any further, mm -hmm. a lot of the times you never know 
You know, God doesn't tell you, okay, well, you made that left turn, which set into motion the sequence of events. So here is your blessing. This is a blessing behind it. A lot of times or all of the time, you, you don't even know. Right. You don't know. But, you know, you also don't know what catastrophe you may have missed by not making a particular decision or making a particular That's decision. So you don't know. God doesn't tell you, but you just have to trust and have faith that you are in life where you're supposed to be because of a greater reason. And it may not even be to benefit you. It may be to benefit somebody else. And yeah. you may never know about it, but you just have to trust the process and you have to trust the result. There you go. Trust the process. That's going to be the name of this podcast. Trust the process. Okay. <laughs> All right. And this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Apron. Now, babes. Hey. Now, you know I hardly sleep in the first place. But when I don't eat right and I don't sleep, I burn out so damn fast. Always. Even in bed. Like, I need to eat right. <laughs> now, I was so busy. That I need to feed you. That you do. Now, I was so busy this week. I only had a few hours home every day. But I was able to make a good meal for you. Did you mm -hmm. like it? It was very good. Now, I had time to cook our Blue Apron meals because there's no meal prep at all. Mm -hmm. We just threw the ingredients in the pan and had an amazing meal all cooked up for my baby. Plus, I squeezed in some time just for the two of us. It was like a cool little date. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize I'd be so into Blue Apron, but everything is prepared and everything is right there. And then after... We might have made baby number six. <laughs> I mean, it'd be sexy if all you wore was a blue apron when you did it. Next you might time. Want, you might want to throw that next in. Time, next time. Next, next time. time. Okay. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Crew. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals. Again, blueapron.com slash Crew. Check it out. It's easy. Well, now let's get to the email of the week. All right. Shoot. Why you say shoot? I mean shoot as in go ahead. Oh. All right. <laughs> now she this girl, she says, Hello, Casey Crew. My name is Janelle and I'm twenty-two years old and I'm from DC. My husband and his friends go to every event in February, from Super Bowl to All Star mm -hmm. to CIAA. He doesn't invite me ever. Uh-huh. Do you think he's cheating on me? Why doesn't he invite me? Why can't I go? Please let me know. Okay. Want me to start? Or you want to start? You can start. Janelle. <laughs> from D.C. At 22. You have to understand that you have to let your man enjoy himself with his friends. He has to have some friends. You don't have any friends. I just don't have any friends. But if he has friends and he wants to go out with his friends, he should be able to go out with his friends and have these experiences with his friends, especially if he has no responsibilities. If he has no children or nothing like that, let him enjoy his time with his friends. Yes, I understand you like to be with your man and we all like to be with our spouses and our wives. But sometimes you want to go out with your friends and you want to shoot the shit. You want to talk about football. You want to talk about basketball. If I could be like, babe, did you see what happened last night on Sports Center? What are you going to say? I didn't see it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you're into, you know? Right. If I talk to you and say, hey, babe, do you think they're going to trade Carmelo to what team? You're going to be like... The Magic? See? <laughs> Has no clue. So you have to let him go out, you know? If, uh -huh. if if he only wants to go out on certain occasions every once in a while, yeah, that's cool because you know what, Janelle? You can go out with your girls. 
You know, if if he's going to Super Bowl, hey, you and your ladies, you go take a road trip and you go out and have fun and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to to, the, to Houston to Super Bowl, or maybe it's we're all going to go to a spa. But enjoy yourself as well. But if he wants to go out, don't force yourself on him. Don't say, well, I want to go with you. No, that's not yeah, fun. He wants no. to go out with his fellas. He's going to get to a point where he's like, you know what? I hate going out. I love to go to these events. But you know what? I want to bring my girl with me. But right now... He may or may not get there. He may or may not get there. But right now, he wants to hang out with his friends. And I don't think there's anything wrong for a guy or a female to want to hang out with their friends. Now, every week in the month of February, because there's a lot of events going on, there's Super Bowl, there's All-Star, there's CIAA. That's a lot. But... No. I mean, it's a lot, that's but that's lot. But no, but that's okay. That's a lot. If there's one particular month where a lot of things are going on, and that's kind of like his man time where he wants to be around his friends, and just like you said, talk about guy things, I think that's okay. Mm-hmm. But if he's going out every weekend with his friends, and it's during what you might consider prime time for your relationship, like a Friday night, a Saturday night, and he's not consciously making time for you and your relationship to do special things that you might enjoy, Mm -hmm. then that's a problem. But I don't think that a male or a female in a relationship should ever be stifling. Right. You should never try to control what your spouse does or what your significant other does. If they want to spend time with their friends or, you know, and it could be the male or the female, you allow that because people do need time to breathe and they do need time to relax. And I think it depends on the nature of your relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you have a happy relationship or, you know, do either of you nag one or the other? Is it controlling? Is it possessive? Is it happy? Is it joyous? Do you guys have fun together? That All of those things can affect how much time, how much free time right. that you may want to spend with your partner. You know, a lot of times I find in relationships, people spend time together because they feel like they have to, not because it's necessarily a choice. And then they're like, whoo, can't wait for the weekend. I'm going to go to the bar with my with my boys or I'm going to go to the spa with my girls or I'm going to go shopping with my girls or I'm just going to go to Susan's house and we're going to sit back on the couch and relax and watch Modern Family or whatever it is that you enjoy, you know. I think it really depends on the nature of the relationship. But if it's just him wanting to spend time with his boys and it just happens to be in a cluster in the month of February, I think that that's okay. But there is a lot to be said for a man in particular Mm -hmm. that doesn't invite his partner along for the things that he does like never. That that's not very good. That's not very good. I think that if he is, say, for instance, going to a basketball game, it would be nice if he took that opportunity to say, hey, babe, you want to come to the basketball game with me? But would be nicer would be that he would actually want her to be there with him and enjoy it with him. See, I disagree. Why do you disagree? I don't I mean, I like sports, but I don't I'm not the most informed when it comes to the players and things like that. So we you'll you'll ask me to go to every game with you and we go and I'm not the most informed person that, you know, you can ask me about what what team a player is getting traded to or, you know, something like that where I can really talk. But we still have fun together. Right. We have fun together. But sometimes if I take you to the game, I put I don't know if you realize it, but. I usually sit 
our son next to me, mm-hmm. then you, then Madison, or then Madison, then you. Mm-hmm. Because you like to ask a lot of dumb questions. They're not dumb questions, Rashawn. Now, see, I don't like you'll the be picture like, that you're painting. You'll be like, you need to stop. You'll be like, you don't. Whatever you say, make sure it's the truth. No, don't exaggerate I'm anything. Not gonna exaggerate anything. You'll Go be ahead. Like, what? You'll be like, oh, look at ninety three's butt. He has a nice butt. Okay, I might say that. All right, so you say that. <laughs> so me watching the game, I don't want to look at number 93's butt. But, you know, I mean, if we're walking down the street and I see a chick with a nice butt, I'll be like, I'll tap you like, oh my God, look at her butt. It happened at the spa yesterday. But this, uh, yeah, The but, girl but, had a really nice butt and I couldn't tap you fast enough to be like, look, you're like, I don't want to look. I don't want to be obvious. I'm like, look, her butt is so nice. Like she must be the squat queen. But I just have a thing about this butts. This is football. I don't want to talk about butts <laughs> in football. Now it's third and long and you're like, Come on. Look at 83's butt. I'm like, come on now. Come on. And then you'd be like, it's cold out here. Can you buy me a blanket? <laughs> We're at a football game. Like, come on. So are you saying that I annoy you? And then you'd be like, can you go get me a hot Then chocolate? why do you keep inviting me? Because it's fun. You're my wife. I take you everywhere. You're like, no matter what, you, you're with me. Like, we have fun. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So are you saying that you invite me because I'm stuck to you? Like, you're my wife. Like, so, I'm going to bring you. It's, anyway. It's all of the above. Like, I enjoy it. <laughs> but you're also stuck with me. I'm not stuck with you. I have I do things when you're not around, so I don't have to go to the game with you. So no, but to go back to your point is no, no. Just answer my question before oh, no. you go back to my point. No, see, I love when you go out with me. I love it. I enjoy it. I'm looking for the look of conviction in your no, face not, right now. I, I really enjoy it. Oh, okay. I, I love I love when we go out. Uh-huh. But for some people out there, some guys out there, you know, they want to hang out with their fellas because they are into the game. No, no, I get that. Like, like for d- instance, like, like, if I get two tickets to the game, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I got to decide, am I going to bring you or am I going to bring Logan outside? And I always say you should bring Logan. Right. But Logan knows more about the sports than both of us. <laughs> and he's going to enjoy it more than me. Exactly. It only makes more sense so, for you to bring him. So for his friend, he, if he's going out with his friend, he said, am I going to bring out Jamal, who Jamal knows more about basketball. We talk about it every day and we speak about it. We have a mm-hmm. chat about it. I'm going to bring my girlfriend who knows nothing about the sport, who just like teams because of the colors. I get that. I think that that's, I, that's perfectly valid. And right. I agree with you. The only thing that I'm trying to say is it's nice if a male or a female opens their partner up to their world and the things that they enjoy. So it would be nice if, you know, he goes to three whatever sport games with his boys and then maybe the fourth one he says, you know what, what's her name? Uh, Janelle. You know what, Janelle, why don't you come with me? To this particular one. I'd like to bring you, teach you a little bit about I the agree. sport, teach you a little bit about the game. It's about investing and contributing to your relationship. You know, we can't be selfish in relationships and do things that only make us feel good. We have to do things that contribute to the overall well-being no, and the welfare of a relationship. So if you know that it'll make your partner feel good to be included on one of these days out to a game or whatever, then you should do that because you know that it'll make her happier. And if it makes her happier, then she's going to turn around and want to do things that's going to make you happier. I agree. I absolutely operate in that way. I agree at times. And sometimes it's for the good and sometimes it's for the bad. But I'm a very reciprocal type of person. Mm -hmm. If you treat me good... If you do kind things for me, I'm going to treat you twice as good. And I'm going to do two times kinder things for you. 
because when I'm happy, I want to make you happy. No, I agree. I'm grateful and I'm appreciative and I want to massage your feet. I want to give you a back rub. I want to prepare something special for you to eat. I want to talk for you, talk to you kindly and respectfully and I want to rub your head and I want to give you kisses and I want to smile at you because I'm happy inside. No. So people should really contribute to their relationship, even if it's something that it might not be their first instinct to do. No, I agree. Do you know what I mean? So I agree. And the reason I say I agree is, you know, I, I find myself doing things I never thought I would be doing. Like what? Like getting into things that you're into because you're into them. Like what? Oh. Like I always joke and I call myself your gay stylist. Yeah. (laughs) And the reason I call myself your gay stylist is because I'm into shoes, Mm -hmm. women's shoes, women's handbags, Mm -hmm. women's clothing more than you. Like I will be in the store and go to the women's section and come home with a bunch of stuff like, babe, try this on. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm your gay stylist. Like right. I'd be like, now I'm out and now she don't like pink like that. Oh, she like that. Like, and I'm like, damn, I know you too well. Yes, you do. You know, you can dress me any day of the week. But it's because of I got into the stuff that you enjoyed and you liked. I had to learn it. You know, I had to learn how to say Christian Louboutin. I had to learn to say different things, Hermes, because you were into that stuff. Right. I had to learn what a classic and a, a boy bag was. I had to learn all these things because these are the things my wife were into. I had to learn what, how you say, Skorowski? I don't know. Swarovski. Yeah, that. Crystals. <laughs> You still can't say it. I still can't say it. I don't care. But I had to learn these things because my wife was into these uh-huh. things. If she was into a particular clothes, particular item, whatever it may be, I had to learn because I had to make sure that when we go out, I'm just as knowledgeable as she is. And you know all the colors. You know what season certain colors are coming out. You know what colors are coming out next season. You know how to pronounce the French pronunciation of these colors. Like you're pretty awesome when it comes to those things. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I love one time um, I was supposed to be meeting him at a store, a shoe store. And he got there before me. He was already in the city and I had to drive out to the city. So I'm parking and I go inside and he has a whole pile of shoes waiting for me. All I have to do is sit down and start trying them on. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I got here early. So, you know, I started picking out all your shoes for you. And I tried them on, I chose the ones, and then I took a whirl around and there wasn't a single pair of shoes that I would have chosen to put in that pile that you already did not. Because I'm your gay stylist. Yes, that was pretty damn impressive. Right. But things like that make me love you more. Oh. Uh-huh. You know, it's the truth. It makes me love you more. Like you take the initiative to do special things, to do sweet things. And I think to myself like, Psh, I'm not going to get there, get that nowhere else. <laughs> like I'm never going to yeah. meet a guy that could do like, even when I'm mad at you and I'm like, I should just freaking leave his ass because he doesn't deserve me. Like, <laughs> when I go through those moments, when I calm down, I'm like, I'm never going to find somebody else like him. What the hell was I thinking? You know? And it's those special things that set you apart from other people. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that everybody can be their partner's special person because you know your partner better than anybody else. You live with them. You spend the most time with them. You're right. intimate with them. So if you can kind of 
key in on those things that make them tick and kind of cater to it. A lot of times it doesn't take a lot. You getting there, you know, 15 minutes before me and making a pile of shoes probably took you, what, 15 minutes. And it made such a difference to me. It meant the world to me. And it's a small thing. So, you know, you can really cater to your your spouse's likes and dislikes and increase the love in your relationship, increase the happiness right. in your relationship. So, you know, give your guy the whole month of February, but then, you know, expect for him to turn around and say, thank you. You're not, you don't nag, you don't bitch, you mm-hmm. don't complain, shit, make him a lunch and send him on his way happily, even if you don't feel that way inside. Sometimes, and this is something that I've had to learn, you know, it's like you have the angel on one side and you have the devil on the other, and they're both whispering into your ears, right? I've had to make conscious decisions to do what the angel says, even though I want to do what the devil says, right? you know, and I just have to will my way into, you know, the right side of life. And I have to do things that maybe naturally I wouldn't jump to do, but I have to make a conscious decision to do the right thing because I know it's the right thing. So Janelle, even if you have to smile and send him on his way and be pissed off while he's gone, you show him the good side of you. You show him the right side of you because that's what you really should do. You should allow him and then pray, pray and ask God to reward you for doing the right thing and doing his work and doing what he expects of you. And then he might bless you and your husband say, you know what? Why don't you come with me or let's do this together? You know, the Lord works in mysterious ways and you might receive a blessing. And don't get me wrong, ladies. I'm not saying it's a blessing when your husband or your man takes you out to do something. No, that's not what I'm saying. But if it's something that's important to her and it's something that she wants for her relationship and she right. wants to be invited and included on different things. And yes, it is a blessing in her world to get what you want out of your relationship. So I think that that's how she should handle it. But at the same time, if he doesn't take the initiative to do it, and if God doesn't bless her in that way, then she should ask him, you know what? I have no problem. I'm working on myself. Mm-hmm. Initially I did have a problem, but I know that it's only right that you have time with your boys So I'm allowing that, but it'd be nice if from time to time you included me because I want to, I want to get to know you better. Of course, you know, we're together, but I want to know you better. And the best way for me to know you in that way is to be included and to do things with you and to see what you like and to see you get excited when, you know, the football goes through the damn field goal or, you know, whatever it is. See, look at me, look at me, look at me. See, you know what I mean? (laughs) So I think that she should just have a nice lighthearted conversation where she communicates with him and doesn't nag or bitch or make any ultimatums or isn't nasty. That's the best way to communicate with people when you're just calm and, you know, you're open to what they have to say. You don't intimidate somebody else. And I got an idea for you guys, Janelle. What you ask him for is February 13th. <laughs> you live in D.C. That's a three-hour drive. You tell uh-huh. him to drive your ass to Caroline's in New York City and see us do the podcast live for Valentine's Day. That's what you ask him for. There you go. All right. Well, now let's get to the argument of the week. All right. Where are we going with this? Um, this is, this is kind of interesting when I read this. Uh, he goes, hey, Casey crew. My name is Gary. I'm from Virginia. Hi, Gary. Me and my wife have been arguing for the past month. We have a 17-year-old daughter. She goes to college next year. 
He says, I want my daughter to go to a HBCU. Oh, wow. She, she doesn't want our daughter to go there. She wants her to go to a regular college. Mm. She is against an HBCU. We've been arguing about this a lot. What do you think? That is a very good topic because we went through that. We did. We went through that. We went through that exact same situation. And my parents, you know, they had their feelings and whatnot. But first, why don't you start by telling everyone what a HBCU is in case they don't know? It's a historically black college university. So like your Howard, your Morgan State, your Morehouse, your Clark Atlanta, your Hampton University. Right. I attended Hampton University, which is an HBCU. In Virginia. Uh, Gia attended Old Dominion, which is not. It's just a, a regular college in uh, Norfolk. Norfolk, 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 Virginia. Virginia. And yours is it was Hampton University in Hampton, Virginia. Virginia. Right. So they're about 15 minutes away from one another. So um, Gary, um, before Gia tells about her parents, I just want to say that, you know, in my opinion... At first, I was thinking the same way. I was like, well, do I want my daughter to go or my son to go to a historically black college? You know, do they actually get to meet other people than African-American people? They, you know, they, they will just be in school with a certain type of people. And will that help them in the real world? Mm-hmm. And then I thought about it and I said, I went to a historically black college and I loved it. I enjoyed it. It didn't make me seem one side and not the other side. I really had a great time and I learned a lot of my history attending the historically black college. History that you don't think you would have learned if you went to a standard college or university? No, not so much. Mm -hmm. But not only that, um, I think the best thing about it is in in Gary's situation, when you have that predicament where you and your wife are, are at odds I think you let the child decide where they want to go. And the reason I say that is because they're 17 years old. You take that college to to both sides, the historically black college tours, and you take them to whatever college mm-hmm. that you want them. Take them to both tours. Let them see both sides and let them decide. You know, because no matter what, you you can't lose. It's not like you can lose. They're still going to college. They're still getting an education. I just know what my historically black college is. I just know that I've... I was able to accomplish so much more and me being from Queens and going to St. Francis preparatory high school, which was a predominantly white school. And you got to see a different side of people where I'm from in Queens. You really didn't see the wealthy side of Mm African-Americans. You see neither the poor or the middle class. Um, I think in historically black colleges, they have a lot of classes that I don't think regular colleges necessarily have. Like what? Like, of course, they have black history and they have African-American studies, which you have to take. But then they have things like etiquette class. Mm-hmm. Did you have to take etiquette class? No. We have etiquette class in Hampton. University, I remember. Which was pretty dope because they actually teach you what fork you use, what knife you use, uh, how to cut your food, mm-hmm. things that people take for granted because we really didn't know i'm from queens my parents are from queens but my parents are from brooklyn i they didn't they didn't teach me what fork to use right you know most of the time when we went to a fancy restaurant it was sizzler (laughs) really yeah okay it was sizzler Uh or tony romas Uh that that was fancy for us growing up there Mm -hmm. was no fancy so i really didn't know we didn't learn it but going to 
a historically black college, they teach what else besides etiquette class? Young I'm brothers curious. and sisters. Um, they also taught taught you about your rights that I don't think you learned in your school, and just rights of of being uh not even a black man, just being a man, just how to deal with the system, and how to deal with your rights as far as your, your amendments and what police can do and what police can't do. They taught a, a lot of stuff that affects and deals with African Americans that I don't think mm-hmm. most schools do. You know, so it gave you an education based on the tools that they specifically thought that their students would need to thrive in the world. But not only that, they they gave an education and the knowledge <clears throat> that you would need regardless. But I think no, they, but that's they, the they special thing. Yeah, they pinpointed right. So they things. gave you a standard education that you could receive at any other good college. But then they also pinpointed things that would help you. In the world, whether right. it be social, mm-hmm. from a social perspective or an educational perspective. Right. Mm-hmm. So you do think that it was advantageous that you went to that school as opposed to a standard university or college? Absolutely. And I also think the, <clears throat> the unity is there. I do think the unity is I, there. I think it was it was it was unity and it's a pride. And I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of schools say it, but I never hear you say I go to old to you and I see a thousand people say, yeah, I go to old to you. I never heard that from you. But. Like today I was out and Hampton University means so much to people. The yes. real the real HU. I was at the uh, a, a, a trade show earlier today and people were coming up to you, I went to Hampton. I went in this year, I went to that year and it's pride associated it was, with it. It was pride associated uh-huh. with it. That I don't know if you get at a lot of a lot of other schools. You, you no, you do. Get, you, you do, you do get it at other schools but I just for think different it, reasons. I think it's just a little stronger and I think I think I, I don't know. I just, but I wouldn't say I would. I wouldn't force my child or son to go. You know, right. I think there's a lot of positives to going, but it, at the end of the day, I would let them decide, and I wouldn't want to make them say, "Well, you have to go here." Mm-hmm. You know, I would give them the, the the pros, I would give them the cons, and I would kind of take them on a tour on both sides so they can pretty much make their own decision. I like everything that you said. I do think that they absolutely need to take their child's opinion into consideration. Right. That should probably weigh most heavily because ultimately you want your child to be comfortable in their environment, especially for four years, of course, and happy. Um, I don't know that I agree that the child should decide because there are things that a child may not consider and a child may want to go to one or the other for their own personal or selfish set of reasons Mm -hmm. i.e my boyfriend is going to you know an hbcu so i want to be there so i wouldn't necessarily say i would let the child decide or be the deal breaker i think that they really need to put all of the pros and the cons on a scale and see which one weighs out Now, um, my background is my mother's mother is half Chinese, half Jamaican. My mother's father is Scottish and my father is Puerto Rican. So I'm mixed, but I identify with being black. Correct. Um, So. And I'm black. And you're black. People think (laughs) that he's Puerto Rican or Dominican or something, but he's 100 percent. African-American. I got a, a little <clears throat> Dominica in me. Dominica. From the yeah, Caribbean I Islands. think you have something like that. My but dad's dad, but... Or something, right? We didn't, we didn't know him. 
You didn't know him, so that doesn't count. No, I'm just black. kidding. So anyway, um, so for me, when it comes to culture and what I identify with, it's because that's what I was raised around. My mother's father, who, like I said, is Scottish, he died when my mother was 16. Mm-hmm. So I did not know him and I did not know his people. Right. Um, my father, who's Puerto Rican, is he was an only child and he was a lot older than my mother when they married. So a lot of his people had died before I was even born. And um, a lot of them were still in Puerto Rico after I was born. So I wasn't raised around like, you know, my Spanish side. The people that were there were the Chinese Jamaicans. Right. So I grew up eating Chinese food, Jamaican food, Chinese Jamaican food. I grew up listening to reggae and dance hall and things like that. And I'm from Brooklyn. So that really catered to who I was around because Brooklyn at the time especially was very heavily influenced by West Indians. So there were a lot of Jamaicans, Trinidadians, Haitians, and, you know, Mm -hmm. different people from the Caribbean that had come here and settled in Brooklyn. So I grew up around a lot of that. Um, So when it came time for me to decide what college I was going to go to, we might have tapped on this um, in an earlier episode, but when Rashawn graduated and he is a year he was a year over me grade wise and he was a senior and we were trying to decide where he was going to go he always wanted to go to Morehouse and he got accepted to Morehouse but he didn't tell me because I said that when I graduated the following year I wouldn't go as far as Atlanta to go to school I said the furthest that I would go would be Virginia so he wound up not going to Morehouse and going to Hampton which was in Virginia Mm -hmm. with the agreement that went hand in hand that when I graduated I would go to a school in Virginia as well which is why I ended up at Old Dominion University right it's a great school but it wasn't the best school that I got into I mean if you weren't in the picture, I would have never wound up in at Old, Dominion, Old I wouldn't have right. even known that Old Dominion University even existed. Right. I would have ended up at a different school. So that's part of the reason why I said that you don't really let a 17-year-old make the ultimate decision when right. it comes to going to college because it may not be in the best interest of their future. But I made that decision. It was a good enough college. My parents allowed me. But for a moment, I did consider going to Hampton. You wanted me to come to Hampton. And my father said no. Right. He said, you're not going to go to a school that is predominantly anything. He said, any school that you go to, I think that there should be ethnic diversity. Um, I mean, I guess it could predominantly be something because most schools will be predominantly white if it's not a HBCU. But his point is that he wanted to see more diversity. And when we talked further about it, he said the world isn't one thing or the other. Right. The world is a plethora of everything. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand different people's cultures, different people's ways, how a person's culture might influence who they are as a person or the, the decisions that they may make. You need to be around all of that for at least a period of four years so that you can understand how to deal with people, how to be sensitive to people that 
you know, have different needs or whose cultures have taught them different things. You need to understand that. And that's why I'm not letting you go to an HBCU. Right. But I also I also think that you also need to understand your own background. And what I and when I say with that is you look at all these different ethnic groups that you name and there's so much unity in these ethnic groups, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's a, a Asian group, they <laughs> stick with each other. They help each other. They invest in each other. Whether it's an Italian group, they stay with each other. They invest in each other. I think a lot of times... You don't think that African-Americans do? By nature? Because you're basically saying no. that Asians and Italians... I don't and think so. So then why don't you think that African-American, African-Americans stick together just by nature and because of pride of their race? I, I honestly don't know, but I think HBCUs help with that it pulls like-minded minorities together mm-hmm. you know where now we're going to business school and we're learning together we're learn- we're going to marketing we're, we're, we're being doctors together i think a lot of times in our community we don't know so we just say okay we don't know so we just don't do so you think that it encourages a network of professionals absolutely that their students can take advantage of when they graduate absolutely but let me ask you a question what yeah. about on the flip side what if a graduate of an hbcu is applying to work at a company that is not part of the network that was installed when they were in school what if they're applying to a company that's predominantly Caucasian or Caucasian owned, do you think that that person who's reviewing their application will give you a chance because you went to a predominantly black institution thinking that, okay, well, we don't want to hire somebody that's like all about like black pride and all about, you know, do you think they may misunderstand or misinterpret the implications of being a graduate of a school like no, that? I don't think you so. don't think that it hurts at all? No, because a lot of the HBCUs education is at a, a at a tier level, at a tier one level where people really respect when they hear you graduated from Morehouse or Hampton University or mm-hmm. Howard University. So I don't think that at all. I do believe that in our community, there's a lot of times that it's easier to work with somebody that looks like you, that's been from the same place as you because they understand you more. For instance, you know, where we live now in our community, a lot of these kids already have trust funds. A lot of these kids are already working on their credit. A lot of these kids already <laughs> know how to invest. It's the truth. Uh-huh. In our community, a lot of times we're not taught how to invest. Or we're not, setting our children up. We're not taught to be entrepreneurs. For that. Mm-hmm. A lot of our, our communities, we're taught to work 30, 40 years of our lives and then retire. And then you pretty much don't have anything. And then you die off the little bit of money that you save. Mm-hmm. You don't leave your family and your parents with anything. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, when you start seeing like-minded people doing things and you start teaching your community, you start learning how to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Our son, he's already an entrepreneur now. Because he sees his dad being an entrepreneur and opening up businesses. And same thing with our daughter. As a kid, I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I wanted to work like my parents, work for 30 years and retire. I got into being an entrepreneur because there were things that I wanted in life that I couldn't afford. And working at a lot of these jobs that I was working at wasn't going to pay me the money I needed. And I wanted money. So it was either going to do something illegal, like a lot of, of us do. 
or it was like, I got to come up with a way to do it. And thank God. And I, you know, I'm blessed every day that he opened my eyes up to DJing, which kind of forced me into being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a gift and a curse, you know, that's why I say in this particular situation, you have to let the child decide which way she wants to go or, or whatever it may be. And as long as it's not motivated by a boy or right. love or anything you, like you that. You have to have a conversation with your child and be able to assess where their opinion is coming from. Absolutely. And if it's from a sound place, then you may want to go with what it is that they want to do. Um, but I think that the, the major questions that, that people ask when it comes to trying to make that de that decision is how will it affect you after graduation when you're seeking your career and you're seeking approval from your peers and from the mm -hmm. higher ups that are going to hire you. Right. And I think that people often wonder, is it going to be looked at as a positive or as a negative? And I've heard people say things from both sides. For me, when it came to deciding where I was going to go, Mm -hmm. whether it was going to be Hampton or I didn't really give my father too much pushback because I could under, I understood what he said. I understood the point that he was making. And I said, well, you know what? Um, going to a school that's more ethnically diverse isn't going to hurt me. Right. I thought it was the safer choice at the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, I knew that I wouldn't have to worry about, well, am I going to be judged when I seek my career? And is it going to look good on an application if I'm applying to a school that, you know, is not black owned or I mean, if I'm applying to a company that's not black owned? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just to, you know, to, 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 to say some of the people that graduated from historically black colleges that are doing great. You have like Taraji P. Henson. She went to Howard University. Mm -hmm. You have like Samuel Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson. He went to Morehouse. You have, um, let me see who else. Um, <laughs> trying to go Spike Lee, of course, went to Morehouse. Uh, Alice Walker, she went to Spelman. She's a, a Pulitzer Prize winner. You have uh, Wanda Sykes, comedian. Mm -hmm. She went to the real HU, Hampton University. <laughs> You got Erica Badu, who's, uh, of course, a, a soul singer. She studied at uh, Grambling State. You got Oprah Winfrey, who went to Tennessee University, Tennessee State University. So you have a lot of prominent African-American individuals mm -hmm. that went to things. So I say let your child, as long as it has nothing to do with a man or boy, mm -hmm. let them decide. I think that that's I think that's a good I, I think that's good advice. But, you know, as a parent, you do have to weigh in and, right. and be parental. And even if, you know, you think that there's more advantages for them to go to an HBCU, you may need to to press upon them with that. Now, let me ask you a question. Sure. With our kids, mm -hmm. do you think that it would be more to their benefit? Because Madison is still three years away from having to make that decision. Do you think that it would be more to our children's benefit to go to an HBCU or to go to a standard college university? Because um, we haven't had this conversation. Um, I think uh, for Madison, it would be a, a benefit. I think it would be to her benefit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and the reason is because she hasn't really grown up with people that look like her. Right. Of course, she has friends that are African-American. She has friends that are Puerto Rican. She has friends that are white. She has friends that are Italian. But 
she really hasn't got the experience of being loved by her own. Because they don't exist in abundance in her community and in her school. Right. And I am seeing, now that she's 15, I'm seeing it truly start to affect her. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing that she is in desperate need of being around people that look like her and that can relate to her. Right. Because she's going through things that are race related Mm -hmm. at this point in her life. And she's experiencing that differentiation in skin tone and, you know, people knowing that, you know, she's ethnically diverse or that, you know, she's black or, you know, they know her background. They know what her mother is. They know what her father is. And they're questioning because, you know, Madison doesn't necessarily, she looks like a mixed kid. Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, that comes along with people questioning what she's made of. Right, and, absolutely. And it's been affecting her. And actually, we can talk about that next um, next podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about that Because that, that I think, is actually a bigger topic that now that I'm thinking about it could really help um, some people that have children because I'm sure that we're not the only people that are going through it. And, you know, it's really it's really created a problem right. for her where we've had to sit her down and have some deep conversations with her about her ethnicity and her culture and how that plays a part in her life in relation to, you know, living in a Caucasian area. She's really encountered some problems and she's had a difficult time dealing with it. So yeah, let's talk about that next time. Okay. All right. Well, that's a bit. That's a wrap. Shout out to everybody for listening. And again, we appreciate you. If you want to holler at us, you can always email us the Casey crew at Gmail. It's T H E E Casey crew at gmail.com. And don't forget February 13th. We're doing this live. It's called the love and laugh edition. And we would love for you to be there. Eight o'clock show was sold out. So we added a 1030 show. Get your tickets at carolines.com and come on over and, and, and spend some time with us. We're going to have a great time. And then we have some comedians after to have some some laughs. And this, we're just setting it up to have a, a perfect date night. And remember, if you are going to be attending and you want a question to be addressed at the show, whether you're going to the 8 o'clock or the 1030, please email the Casey Crew events at gmail.com with your question and a screenshot of your purchased ticket and this way we know what show you're coming to we know that you're actually going to be there and we'll call you out whether you want to be addressed to stand up and make a presence and ask your question live or if we ask a question for you and address it there just let us know we'd like something fresh to tackle um that day live so okay well we'll see you guys next week i'm dj envy i'm gia casey thank you for coming over that's right it's the casey crew toodles 